Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the writer's room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and this week I'm joined by once again by Cole Forfang Fan. Glad to have you back, Cole. Hello, how's it going? Pretty good. That's Usually we'd have so cool. Carmelo today, but he is away this week celebrating his grandmother's 102nd birthday. Holy That's shit. amazing. Which That's is wild. absolutely wild. That's and crazy. a big happy birthday to Mello's Nana Peg. As for our other Saturday host, we welcome back God's favorite truck loader, Sandra Carrion. How are you, Sandra? <laughs> I'm doing good. Holy shit, that's funny. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Yeah, so Sandra, you've been working very hard on a film set, and that's given you little to no time to actually work on this show, and it makes you feel very guilty and sad. I don't, yeah, thank you for psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> yeah. No, it does, yeah. No, and I wanted to just, on camera, in front of the world, tell you that you're all good, and we appreciate mm. your contributions. And rocking up to this show on a Saturday on one of your two days off. So I'll, I'll shame show. you, though. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Thanks. Yeah, it's the balance. It's, yeah. <laughs> this is Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, and in exactly one week, we'll be hosting our first ever proper writer's room right here. Will you get to watch it? Absolutely not. However, the fruits of our labor will eventually ripen in the form of a delicious treatment and script for you to read and listen to in the next few months. If you can't tell, I've been writing a lot, and I'm talking really weird. <laughs> Now, for today's nonsense, we'll be diving into the Holdo Maneuver, lightspeed tracking and other wacky concepts that the sequel trilogy dropped on the fandom, not completely unlike a cat dropping a dead rodent on our collective laps. This is fun because I feel like the only other episode I've been that's been like concept based is like that Last Jedi Order uh, episode I jumped on. Yeah. But every other episode I've jumped on has been like sort of very character focused. A character analysis, yeah. yeah. So this is fun. We get to talk. It's not quite world building, but it's more like it's a world building episode. It's, it's a world building episode. This to me, and in it's... my mind, is the perfect kind of like representation of those high school kind of conversations you'd have. Where mm. It's like, well, how does this actually like work? Even like, would you have like Omni Man fight Homelander? Like, who's win? You know, it's like <laughs> stuff like so that. Reddit. <laughs> yeah. So very Reddit. like Reddit kind of yeah. conversation. Because I guess we're going to jump into the hyperspace lanes mm. this week. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So I think, yeah, we can start off with uh, the Holder Maneuver. I'm going to combine what we usually do, which is, you know, what went wrong and then what we'd want to fix with it. We can just kind of go combine them and go one by one. For a few different mm. subjects. Through all the different subjects. So we can yeah, start with, okay, like, Holder cool. Maneuver. And obviously, you know, we're talking about that one scene in The Last Jedi where, uh, is it Admiral? Vice Admiral Holder? She uh, gets promoted yeah. last minute, doesn't yes. she? Yes, and she uh, flies uh, at light speed through the supremacy and destroys it mm. in a very visually stunning scene. It's a very like cool everyone, looking I love the way thing. it looks. And like you get the, the silence. But I think everyone universally agrees that that breaks the reality. Yeah, like any semblance of reality the Star Wars universe had is kind of broken by that one moment. So let's dive into that. One of the most controversial moments, I think, in The Last Jedi. Gosh, I don't even know where to start, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> is, it, is it feasibly possible? Can you do it? Yes, which is why I have a problem with it okay. happening because... You can just go into hyperspace. Like, yes. it's something you can do. And they've, mm. you know, Han in the original trilogy is like, oh, if you don't plan your route properly, you'll, you'll like, crash, crash into a sun yeah. or something, yeah. you know? So hyperspace lanes are developed as a yes. safe way to traverse the galaxy through these lanes, through these um, shifts where you are avoiding hitting any debris and it's a safe pathway to another set location. Yeah. And I'm, I understand that hyperspace lanes are just like empty voids of space where mm. people yeah. know that those places are empty, right? It's actually a separate dimension. So, no. Yeah, yeah. That's... So hyperspace is a separate dimension. Yes, and but a lane is like, uh, is it like is physically? No, no. I'm I'm pretty sure the lane physically kind of exists. Is the separate dimension thing canon still? Yeah, that's oh, okay. current established canon, and I think it has been for a long while. Yeah, right. Um, right. I'm sure expanded universe for a while was exploring it, but all that stuff's decanon now. Yeah, as far as I'm aware from all my readings, it seems that hyperspace is indeed a separate dimension, and when you like. Because people confuse hyperspace travel with faster than light travel. It's yeah. Yeah. not really because it's actually putting yourself into another dimension temporarily yeah. to traverse faster. But that dimension overlaps with the real dimension because you can still hit yeah. like a sun. You know? Yeah, that, that's a bit of a point of confusion for me as well yeah. because um, like while I'm reading this, I'm like, well, does that imply that there are celestial bodies and debris within hyperspace that are linked to like the physical plane? Because we get that line in A New Hope. Of, exactly. Like, oh, if you hit a hyperspace just willy-nilly, you're just going to go headfirst mm, into an asteroid. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, so I think, you know, you can infer from that that like, yes, hyperspace is a separate dimension, but it can still be impacted or like uh, affected by like massive physical yeah. bodies in space. So that's why they have yeah, lanes that seems. are like cleared, specifically designed for travel. Yeah, and they have to spend so long calculating. Which well. is why, you know, they can't go to the unknown regions. They haven't calculated that area. It's unmapped. And if you try and hyperspe hyperspace travel through you'll it, probably you'll, crash. you'll just hit something. I'm sure this it. will be relevant when we come into hyperspace jumping. Yes. So uh, lightspeed tracking is... Oh, lightspeed skipping is light on skipping. there as well. Mm. As well. But um, for the current situation of the holo maneuver, yeah. can you just go into light uh, hyperspace, like, just off, off the whim? 
Yeah, like you can. right, right through someone. You, well, you can decide to just be like, "This is." I'm just. I'm gonna... just going to press the lever forward, regardless <laughs> of you know. I'm. Not, I haven't it. calculated it or anything. Yeah. I'm just going to press the. I'm button. probably yeah. going to die, and yeah. you're probably going to die. But then there was that interesting thing said in Rise of Skywalker, where it's like, "Oh, it's one in a million. They do yeah. say that to try and retroactively yeah. kind of fix the hole that that leaves. Yeah, in but the, I feel like that physics. creates an even bigger hole because then okay. why the hell were they taking that chance on a one in a million, you know? Mm. Why was Holdo and doing it? Exactly. As if it was like a sure thing. Yeah, it was a suicide was, mission, you know? Yeah, it sounds more like she was just going to My gonna theory escape. would be because it's a huge ship. Like it was yeah. a really big ship, so you had maybe a bit more of a chance. But it's like, why wouldn't you just get a bunch of smaller ships super close and then hyperspace? Exactly. Almost like point blank hyperspace right there. Yeah. Well, I think then it becomes the, you know, like we don't want to sacrifice people kind of thing. Like yeah. it was one person. Mm sacrifice based on like a tiny hope that maybe she would save everyone else yeah so we don't we see uh not quite a kamikaze but like a, sh- a ship in return of the jedi get shot and then fling its way into the command station of another imperial star destroyer okay yeah um during the big starfight at the end of the movie and we see that that does like pretty significant damage it destroys like the, the command center yeah, yeah. Thing. the bridge do we want to make it a rule that it is one in a million do we want to make it a rule that it can't happen what happens when you hit that acceleration button that is the question mm. i think that's a valuable question of like what do we want to happen when you press that light speed button if you are it's one of those like simulations where there's a ship here there's a ship across from it and one ship presses the hyperspace thing right through it what happens like what is the answer mm. to that question yeah and i haven't ever really seen like obviously you know this is a big problem with the star wars community at large it's just criticism there's no yeah. constructiveness there there's no like it should have been this it been this there oh i shouldn't say there's no there's less of that than there is just criticism and i've never seen a constructive thought of what does happen when you do hit that light speed throttle mm. to go through something cole i don't know if you've got any yeah answer. well i did want to um add because I, I looked in a bit more into like the explanations and some of the retcons surrounding the holder maneuver and i think some of them do answer that so okay. the first thing that was posited a lot is that the reason the holder maneuver worked is because she hit uh the supremacy before fully going into hyperspace. Okay. Because right. one point of contention is, well, if she's in hyperspace, then she's not going to actually collide with the ship because it's not in hyperspace. But what's actually happening is, as she's accelerating, she hasn't cool. hit so, the speed necessary. I think there should be an acceleration period. Because, I agree. Like, you get that whole visual of the stars, yeah, yeah, the stars like, yeah, spanning yeah. out. It's radical. And then you exactly, go yeah. into like, the space tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the... Yeah, so there is an acceleration period. So they that's what they that's their theory. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's yeah, during right. the acceleration period and a ship hit the yeah. that was when the impact happened. So she's yeah. going very fast but not in hyperspace. Mm, and I think that is rooted in some of the books as well. Okay. Because I know the other thing that the books had to do to retcon was um they said that uh, I think the Radis is the name of the ship and it has an experimental shielding that allows it to do that. So it's the only ship that ever could have pulled off. Oh, uh, that's which kind of like I know, and it's like that. well, that's in the books, you know. <laughs> yeah, the books. It's can, like clearly retcon. The books say whatever the fuck they exactly, want. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Put it in the movies. Um. Exactly. Yeah. That's very clearly an example of like a cheap retcon of yeah. like we'll yeah. imp- implement this item on this ship. It's the one this thing one that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. Can do it. Um, yeah. And that's why it could do it, and that's it. Which and, is like the most know. classic. Like, oh, if you read the Star Wars book, you'd see this kind of bullshit. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, the problems in the movies they're fixed in the. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, fuck yeah. That. If you read the Star Wars book, you'd see Count Dooku was like pleading for his life before Anakin cut his head off. <laughs> Reminds me of that one tweet. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this tweet from Elijah Wood. It's one of the most funny things I've ever seen in my life. There's like a, did you know that the uh, the cultists on Exegol had been living there for years, worshipping the Sith? And then Elijah Wood <laughs> replies to this and says, no, how could we know that? And it's one of the single most hilarious tweets I've ever read in my life. Oh, because it's from no. Elijah Wood of yeah. all people. Oh. He's so angry. You can oh. feel the fucking anger in the tweet. It's so Elijah, funny. God bless. It's so funny. Anyway, yeah, yeah. side tangent, sorry. Um, I do think, like, on that note of them having to, like, patch up all these problems with it, I think the problem is they're just too scared to actually deal with the implications of it. Because, yes, there are a lot of world-breaking implications, but if you've made that choice in the movie, let's stick with it. explore if that. If you make the creative decision, yeah. stick with it. You know, you're going to upset people either way. So you exactly. just gonna have to make a decision of like what is the story you want to tell. Exactly. Rather yeah. than yeah, we've got to serve a fan base. I think that's yeah, like the like, big the so big is problem. The idea to maybe not even hint at the idea that it is possible and just completely can it. I think I mean because in because we're doing the treatments as well. Yeah. I do include the holder maneuver, not in the same way, but okay. It, I pretty much just take that scene and put it somewhere else. I as I was thinking about it though, I do think that hyperspace ramming does introduce a ton of like world building problems, which is okay. Like, the contention mostly pointed out, like, the fact, why hasn't anyone ever done it before? If so, who has done it? Why didn't the Rebel Alliance ever, like, ram the Death Star? Why not just make, like, automated drawing 
droid piloted exactly, yeah. ships and just yeah and i've heard these ones before yeah. exactly and as we see in the sequels as well hyperspace is in a lot more ships a lot more cheaper ships now and in that case like the argument that's always put up defending the holder maneuver is well they don't want to waste expensive ships and all that which i think is a great point of defense however point. now all the cheap ships have hyperspace jumping it's true yeah right i think yeah establishing the fact that if you're in hyperspace you're not gonna have that kind of collision happen is mm. a good way to do it because if you're trying to, and they say it's one in a million, what you have to do is, one, it's a suicide mission. You're going to die. And two, if you do it, you have to line it up so that you're not in hyperspace, but you are accelerating towards it in mm. order to get that effect, to have that massive yeah, amount yeah. of destruction you know, take, take place. Yeah, and... Um... I think establishing maybe that droids cannot possibly uh, account for that <laughs> probability. Like, there's yeah. no droid that can do it. And maybe, like, someone's trying to invent a super droid that can calculate mm, that, I, that potential or something like that. I have I the feel. feeling, though, like... And this is something I liked in Mandalorian. I liked um, episode five. I know you hate the prison break episode. I actually watched season. it again, and I'm like, ah, this is kind of growing <laughs> on me. Um, it's, it's, it got a lot better in, in my second. But, like, the droid is, like, the only pilot that can make that one maneuver to yeah. like land on the ship yeah. which is a very cool scene it's like constantly calculating the probability of like where it has to land i feel like if anything droids would be more likely to get that ship. that was the exact thought i had while i was saying that idea it's yeah like, <laughs> ah, like i'm trying to come up with something for this and it's it's yeah. tricky one um, thing i do want to sorry to interrupt but one thing i do want to add as well is i feel like the holder maneuver we could suspend our disbelief if the film didn't require us to already suspend so much disbelief mm. it is like the cherry on top of a it, lot of other things exactly. that are like introduced in that movie where it's like wait a fucking second what's yeah, what, right. you, what do you what do you mean <laughs> yeah because i think like in in the film right it's such a cool moment it's like one of this honestly one of the most memorable visuals in star yeah. wars it's a very spectacular visual but like a lot of things in that movie it's just like yeah once definitely. you think about it it surmounts to nothing yeah it yeah just tears apart so much stuff as, yeah and on top of that i feel as well like it's the fact that holdo is the character who does it and the entire yeah. film you're positioned to dislike her and then all of a sudden like right before she makes a sacrifice we find out that she was right the whole time now we have to start liking her and then we don't have enough time to actually let's take a moment her. to really I've, I've got a thought about holdo so like you said the, mm. the film positions you to dislike her and it yeah. puts you in the in the perspective of poe and you're like i love poe i'm rooting for poe i yeah. want him to succeed and he everything he's seeing gives him the impression that holdo is nuts or is intentionally tanking the, the resistance yeah yeah and he's acting accordingly right and then at the end it turns around and, and it's like no trust your superiors they don't have to tell you everything and that's yeah. the message and poe is like oh i guess i was the bad guy and leia and and holder are like mm. yeah you were bad naughty boy <laughs> and that's and that's the message and that's, that's it. literally and then you're meant to sympathize and then you're meant to sympathize character. with holder this character you've been led this entire time to dislike who's just had this yeah. subversion you and you're in the like... place of being subverted like yeah. you're poe in that moment and you're like, I guess I'm the bad guy for being with Poe and Holdo's good. Yeah. I don't like this. And then she kills herself, uh, you know, heroically. Anyway. Mm. Could you imagine if it was like a huge triumphant sacrifice? Like imagine if it was like Chewie's death. Yeah. Chewie was doing the Holdo maneuver. Yeah. yeah. At least a character likable. Uh, a lot of people said this and, and Mello has been championing this idea is Admiral Akbar should do mm. the Holdo maneuver. Yeah. Oh, so I've, I've seen that yeah. thrown around a lot. Mm, Which yeah. I think is, is yeah. you know, a good idea that could fit somewhere. Yeah. Um, I would like to add on that. Like, I mean, that's an idea I feel like a lot of people would love. I do love it to an extent. My one criticism with it is I feel like a lot of the time it's thrown up. It's very much a very fan servicey idea. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, unless Admiral Akbar actually has a role as a character. Yeah, he's just film. like standing no, there the whole film yeah, and then right and at the end he's right. like, oh, oh, now I'll make the sacrifice. I'll like, make it the trap. I know yeah. what I have to do. It's a trap, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the lever. But yeah, yeah, I feel like um, if Holder was replaced with like, let's say Akbar, then it would add so much more weight to it. If he's also like a, a character with dialogue throughout. But it exactly, does, yeah, it does sure. seem like a bit of a fan service yeah. choice yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I feel like having him just like show up <laughs> yeah, would yeah. be cool, but like, yeah. Back to the actual like physics mechanics of, mm. of this kind of situation though. I haven't heard that argument before about like the sort of economics behind it. So these ships are too expensive. The ones that have hyperdrives are too expensive to waste yeah. using but this. But you mentioned all the cheap ships seem to seemingly yeah. have hyperspace. What I would probably specify is cheap ship, but giving a ship hyperspace capability is the what makes it expensive. Like it's the expensive mm. part of the ship. Yes, but what we see in the sequels, I believe, and my maybe my memory is a bit hazy, but they put it into stuff like TIE Fighters and... At the start of Rise of Skywalker, we do have TIE Fighters, for the first time, I believe, jumping to light speed. Um, yeah. Oh, we've got it before. When? We've got it in Rebels. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's dumb, because in fucking A New Hope, they specifically yeah. call out that, you know, TIE Fighters aren't yeah, able to do that. Yeah, they're cheap and dispensable. 
Yeah, but no, it, I think, and because they're close to the Death Star, I, I that's why they a, say that. I think it's a very specific thing. Yeah, uh, okay, that's okay. I yeah. think it's a, like it's a plot-driven thing where it's like, oh, we're making the first mm. Tie Fighter. Yeah. with to Cole's point, all Tie Fighters seem to have that capability in Rise of Skywalker. I yeah. was going to say the original trilogy because I was like, but how did? But then I remember there's like a whole comic of like how Darth Vader got picked up from the Death Star. I'm pretty sure his Tie Fighter didn't have hyperspace. Yeah. Capability. Yeah. But yeah, but I think like with those uh, experimental type fighters, we do know that the Empire was manufacturing very experimental, much more expensive types. So that does mm-hmm. make sense. But my point of contention, yeah, is the fact that if you have these disposable ships now equipped with this, why What's aren't they them? yeah, being mm-hmm. used? For Even that? further on that point. So let's say, oh, it's expensive. We don't want to sacrifice ships. But you're sending ships into a battle and, you know, you watch on a screen 10 ships get exploded. <laughs> yeah. It also takes like that dogfighting element kind of out of it. Yeah, so why well. not just trade one ship and destroy that one when you know exactly. you're going to lose 10 in the fight anyway in like whatever skirmish yeah. you're fighting in to do take not, out the big ship, the flagship? Do we not see a, a few smaller ships come out of hyperspace during Rogue One? and like leave? X-Wings can travel through hyperspace. That's the yeah. thing. All yeah. of them. In all of the movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Rebel Alliance made a lot of sacrifices. So it, like, would make s- so it would make sense for them to just start doing that. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. Do you not like classify X-Wings and TIE Fighters sort of on the same Yeah, I put them similar, but again, in the text, they don't yeah. travel through. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. and I believe X-Wings are slightly more expensive, I think, because yeah. um, a lot of Empire machinery and vehicles are designed to be cheap and easily expendable. Same yeah. with like their armor. That's like a big exactly, thing. Yeah. Of, like, their armor is like cheap and will d- reflect yeah. most stuff. And it's massively uh, producible. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, like the whole difference between the Republic and the Empire. The Republic, you know, they had the clones, this expensive but small military force who were trained with all this amazing equipment. But the Empire makes up for it with just numbers upon numbers, which is why there's such an unsurmountable threat. Anyway, all this is to say, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine hyperspace, like the, the holder maneuver, fitting the well, story. introduced, not getting constantly used. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think what I would prefer to do personally for our rewrite is just not even it, not even address it. It's just, just not it. something that is possible. It's like, yeah. It, yeah, if you go to hyperspace, you die and no one else takes damage, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. And like, That's kind of my solution. Yeah, and I would like to say on that, I do think it, like, I do think at the core of the idea it is, I, I do think it's a cool moment at least. And I feel like it adds so much dramatic weight to the film. And that's honestly what I remember the most about The Last Jedi. And I feel like if there was a way to fix it, then it's something I would love to use. But I think that dramatic weight comes at the cost of, of uh, some kind of sense of believability exactly, to the Star Wars yeah. universe. And it just makes you think of every other Star Wars battle you've ever yeah, seen yeah. and loved and go, why didn't they just do the hold yeah, over there? Because it it's possible. It too much. I'm going to just flip the situation around. Go for it. Into a ship coming out of hyperspace. Because in Rogue One, we see yes. a yes. small little ship flying away. And then the Star Destroyer comes out of hyperspace right where that small <laughs> yeah. little ship was about to go. Yes. And it just crashes right into it. And it's such a, like, a, oh, my God, that's such a, that's fucked. That would be an awful yeah. way to die. But, yes. like, that's a very cool visual, it's a I think. fantastic visual. Yeah. What's your point? What's your so point good. here? Because, yeah. Are we cool with that? So, in that specific yeah. moment, the ship comes out, and there's a brief moment where it stops, or it's traveling at normal speed, and yeah. then the other ship impacts yeah. it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, we never see, like, the exact effects of something hitting so it's more it like as the it's falling ship out. crashing. Yeah, back. it's in the yes. physical yeah, plane. Okay. Yeah. It just, it was moving into the same yeah. spot, and then that, uh, like, the Star yeah. Cruiser came right up to it, and then it hit, and they impacted Yeah, I, um, I watched that clip last night when I was seeing my notes, and initially, like, my... My one concern, which I had to rewatch, was, oh, do any of those other ships who are going into hyperspace go in the same direction as the Star Destroyer coming in? That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, they, fortunately, they do. Yeah, they? but I think they're, like, slightly, like, fortunately, they're, like, aimed away. So, ah. But it was, like, one of those things where I'm like, oh, that is a yeah, little Maybe that, yeah. But, but it's, like, I feel like there's enough doubt there to make it fit that it's a cool moment. You'll yeah. suspend your display. But I think we've established that, yeah, like, you know, the, the ship's will just, like, go into the alternate dimension of hyperspace yeah, yeah. and they will not kind of affect each other. Yeah. I think for us establishing maybe that if you go into hyperspace, you're going to pass through other ships. You won't pass through a celestial body like a large asteroid or a planet or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But you will safely pass through other ships because they are yeah. small enough and they're not dense enough. Yada, yada, yada. If it's mm. a small asteroid, it's still incredibly dense because it's fucking, you know, it's just a big yeah. chunk of rock. And, and minerals and stuff, as opposed to a ship, which is a lot of empty space, gaps between walls, hallways, all that kind mm. of thing. I really like that. I think it. the only thing then we have to clarify is the subject of 
Holdo was still sort of accelerating and mm. wasn't technically in hyperspace. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, it, it just, you are. <laughs> Once you see those lights, it's like you're going to pass through anything. It's yeah. fine. It's like you're phasing out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're phasing into hyperspace. You're not going to impact. It's just because I feel like it has, like hyperspace needs an acceleration period. Like it needs yeah. to hit that 80, 85, 86 <laughs> miles per yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think maybe like, there's still the chance for impact there, but it's not going to cause that huge amount of damage then. Yeah, yeah. It'll just yeah. be a small impact. So if you're a small a small ship hits a big ship, the small ship dies, and that's it. A small ship hits another small ship, they both die. That's mm. it. I do want to um bring up a few other things that are constantly raised Go as for well. It. So the first thing is in defense of the Holden maneuver, I think a lot of people bring up the uh the Radis was already calculating the hyperspeed jump as well. Because okay. some people bring up as contention. Well, you know, they have to calculate hyperspace, so how did she just do that? Uh, but I think calculations were already in the computer. Um, well, they come out because they, they do the hyperspace jump. Yeah. And then they track them with the hyperspace tracker. So they're still technically in line of the tunnel that they came out of. Yeah. So she turns around just to go right back through that tunnel. Mm. And they're right in the yeah, way in of way. that pathway. So uh, I guess it would still be technically making the calculation to go back through that Yeah, tunnel. yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the other thing is some people posit as a fix, and I just want to hear your thoughts on this because I have my own, um, but some people think, well, maybe it's a case of most, like let's say during the Empire, the reason they didn't use it is because a lot of the Empire um, ships had shielding that would prevent Oh, um, yeah, collision. like shields is also another part of that as yeah. well. It would just be like, yeah. yeah. My only contention with that is I think, why wouldn't the supremacy Why would the, the, <laughs> yeah, why would the supremacy of all ships not have that exactly. shield? Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. That's an interesting point, though. I didn't even really think mm. about the potential. Like, oh, yeah, shields. Magical yeah. space shields. Magical you know? space shields. Would we already establish that the ship going through has, like, really heavy sh shields itself? Like Holdo ship, the... Uh, the Radis. Oh, the Radis. The Radis. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think, just as an idea, maybe, as a potential fix, I want to hear your thoughts on this. What if, um, let's say crate or whatever planet they happen to be by right has this incredible gravity well to it right which okay. disables shielding and then because of that it sets up the mechanisms to allow the holdo maneuver to only really occur in this environmental situation that's interesting i really like that it could even potentially be something cooler like a black hole yeah <laughs> like yeah. they could just be next to a black hole for the first time in star wars just yeah, we'll drop a black violation. hole in there and because it's star wars it's sci-fi and it's space yeah, fantasy yeah, yeah. it's like oh it's dropped out our sci-fi shields yeah like exactly. our tech has been wiped out by yeah, this black a hole. little bit more reasoning I yeah think within the context of like maybe another situation that's fine within the context of that movie it doesn't work because like the whole oh, idea of yeah they're running their shields are running low anyway yeah true and it's like a whole like plot point of like oh we only have so much time before our shields are fully depleted mm. and that's why they have to get to crate yeah because yeah they're shooting at them from a distance within like a a retcon of like this is how our hyper if we want to use this moment yeah, yeah. we want to use the whole yeah. around yeah. and then do a light speed attack that could be a cool we might have to fix. establish that shields have been disabled by something but yeah you just run into that that thing we were just talking about of like does it not just avoid everything that it goes through yeah it mm. just safe or is there an acceleration period what yeah i like that because it's it's well established that almost all ships have some kind of shielding i like mm. the idea that like a large ship has large shields and can yeah. block those light speed attacks mm. and if you have something that takes that out you could potentially do a light speed yeah. ramming kind of thing yeah i remember um that's cool i like that as a little bit of a side tension on that it was a uh, this edit i saw a while back where some fans who really hated The Last Jedi, they're like, here's how the hyperspace scene would actually work. Oh, yeah. And they remade it with, like, proper CGI. And the whole thing is Holdo, you know, he, she goes to um, jump to hyperspace, hits the supremacy, she explodes. Supremacy's fine because of its shielding. Yeah, no, that's great. Because you wouldn't waste something like hyperspace ramming on smaller ships. No. So it, it is cool, like, if you're able to disable those shields and mm. maybe going through it. Um, How do we feel about the debris? Because, like, the, when she goes through the, the right wing of yeah. the... Um, of the ship, it's the, all the debris takes out the ships behind. Yeah, it. it's visually very cool. I'm mm. just like wondering, like, yeah, I, was... I think it was designed explicitly for that moment without really thinking about like the yeah. ramifications of what that might mean for other fights. Yeah, and I was under the implication that um, like the rest of the fleet getting destroyed was sort of in relation to the path through hyperspace rather than debris from the supremacy. Yeah. So if we establish that it's a shield thing, does that mean we disable the big commander ship's shields? And have a bunch of small ships hyperspace into the big ship. I'm I've lost mm. it there. <laughs> no, I Not see what you mean. mean. So are you implying that because of that, a tactic would then come up where it's all about disabling shields and then ramming with smaller ships? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I see. So it's like another world building concern. So they like sneak onto the ship to disable the shields, well, or would that become would that become a main strategy? I'm talking like would like in the universe. Is it a feasible strategy for them to then just disable the command ship's main shields 
yeah. and have a bunch of small shits. My like question the, is, how do they disable those ships? I, the, the ship I don't know, but yeah. like, you know. Do they get? Yeah. Do they have to go into the ship to do it like Obi-Wan? Yeah. Because that doesn't seem like a feasible strategy. Can I they think, shoot it from yeah. outside? Yeah. 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 I think I'm, it's, I'm, I'm more just posing it just to yeah, see. Yeah, as like, like a military okay. strategy. Yeah. Do we think it would be feasible? And like, does the does the not-so-feasibleness with that strategy make it more believable and more real within this in within mm. the world building because it's, it be because a it's a harder thing yeah. to do. it's difficult but it's possible i feel like you know you could write it that way and then it's like okay one shields cancel the holder maneuver and they just destroy yeah. smaller ships on impact and oh i guess bigger ships too i don't know if that would if you've yeah. got two star destroyers and they're smashing into each other now we're in like the full reddit territory mm. of like like <laughs> Yeah, random ideas. We're like just like we're, we, sh- yeah, yeah. Let's let's build two Lego Star Destroyers <laughs> and just <laughs> smack them together yeah. on screen. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. they like, if one rams into the other one, you know. <laughs> Good lord! Oh, you hyperspace. Oh, you cut it out. You hyperspace rammed into the microphone. Yeah, I, I'm Sandra sure. Maneuver. Sandra Maneuver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah. I. I really don't know. And my. Yeah. What my gut is telling me is just like have it just be that they phase through each other. Just have it be like yeah. You know. I do want to proselytize a little bit. That, um, I've always been a big believer that, you know, all fiction requires suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And as I pointed out earlier, I feel like hold on maneuver, people wouldn't shit on it so much if the rest of the film just really, like, kept you in. Yeah. But, like, you're, the moment you're getting, you know, you're questioning, like, whether or not Luke's motivations actually make sense to his character, whether or not, like, Poe is in the right and stuff like that. And yeah. there's all these things that just make you start to So you question. really think that's, like, the kind of the key that, like, breaks yeah, the rest the, of the film open? Exactly, because you're taken out of the movie, right? Okay, you're right. And really, I think what the fix is is to address the systemic issues of the story as a whole. And then add a few more justifications for the Holden maneuver. And set and it up a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And have it be like a part of a situation that occurs as opposed to I just agree, something yeah. that anyone can do at any point in any Yeah, hour. yeah. Because yeah. honestly, yeah. like, you could levy so many of these, like, nitpicks about technology and, like, genuine criticisms and against the original And this specific discussion could go on for multiple podcasts. Exactly, so. yeah. And yeah. about the original trilogy. Fixing yeah. the Holden well, maneuver. Our yeah. new podcast coming yeah, out. Yeah, well, we just started <laughs> a new podcast. Fixing the Death Star 2. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think we've you know uh, lingered on the holdo maneuver long yeah. enough. I think we've got to. Yes, I, we've used we, a lot of time. We've got to move on. What if we like then used smaller ships with hyperspace capabilities to hyperspace just directly into cities? Hey, can I cut you off? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to we got to move on. The holdo incident. <laughs> the holdo incident. We got to move on. So yeah. uh, we've got light speed uh, tracking is the other mm. one. I personally am just in favor of cutting that because like specifically what we see in the Last Jedi because it's you know yeah. they have a machine that once it locks onto a target and they jump into lights uh, jump through hyperspace they can track them through hyperspace and follow yeah. them. I think I told you that I hated it a while back because to me it seems like you're destroying like something that feels so ingrained into Star Wars for me of like they they need to they need to get out of a bind they're in such a tight situation yeah. it's a part of pulp action is that like oh they're in a tight bind they managed to just the, the thing's broken they gotta fix the thing they gotta they just squeeze out and they just make it out yeah. and then they're safe and you can move on to the next scene and yeah. you can edit mm. and you can write it it's so a it's a writer's dream it's a writer's <laughs> dream it literally is it's exactly, just like cool yeah. cut and we can move on to the next thing great and with light speed tracking it gets rid of that and I feel like subtracts from the value of the writing and it makes it le- it makes it less I guess black and white and it takes away from that adventure feel mm. because it's like oh they've tracked us now we've got to keep dealing with this situation <laughs> yes we'll just uh keep hyperspace skipping until we uh... yeah <laughs> and yeah I guess you know maybe that's just our limitations as, as dumb people who aren't really writers but I don't know mm. Cole you got anything for this one no I'm just against it really <laughs> yeah. um, sick we're cool. all on the same yeah, page I'll, cool, I'll cut it <laughs> I feel like light speed tracking just it's it's not cool enough to justify bringing it in. It's also, yeah, um, not very cool. Yeah, and that's one thing I forgot to mention during the Holder Maneuver. I am a big believer in the rule of cool. Yes. I mean, we all play d and I yeah. think that's why we talked about the Holder Maneuver for so long. It yeah, is, it is a good, cool. cool thing. It's hard to so deny cool. that it looks very cool. It yeah. looks cool, yeah. and it's like, if you can make it believable, it would be exactly. cool. Exactly, and it's like, wow, that's so cool. And so let's try and like give it a bit exactly. of time and, and attention. Yeah, and in my treatment, you know, like there's a lot of moments where, just to like hype you guys up, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of stuff that, Probably is world breaking. Yeah, and I try to justify it, but it's cool and it serves the story. Yeah. And I think that's a philosophy that I feel like a lot of people criticize these movies out of, oh, you know, well, this doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense, and that's fine because it does show that the films aren't doing enough to bring you in to believe these things. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, you there is no amount of fiction that will ever not be able to stand up against that level of scrutiny. 
Yeah, if you want to scrutinize anything, you can. You can pick holes in absolutely anything. Mm. I, I think I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's there. like the cinema but if you mindset. Write, yeah, exactly. Mm. But if you write a compelling story that brings people in, <laughs> yeah, you'll. It doesn't matter. You will suspend your disbelief. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I think that's the ultimate goal here. So we can, mm. I, like you said, the the Dungeons and Dragons rule of cool. Yes. We can kind of try and 100%. stick to yeah. that. Um. So then. So cutting light speed tracking. Cut it. Fuck yeah. Fuck Move on. Yeah, so light speed skipping. I am actually somewhat in mm. favor of this because I think it's fucking cool. I this knew you were gonna say an idea. Right? <laughs> I, this is episode nine. Okay. So I this is something that Poe does. Oh, we need to. Can we have a brief intermission just so we can show him the scene? No. No, because I feel like you're gonna say it like it's a really cool thing, and I'm not gonna be able to word how disgusting it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll do a little reaction. I feel Are we like, actually gonna play? This? I feel yeah, like yeah, this is gonna be to... extra content. For okay, Patreon. we're gonna fucking. I'll chuck Get it up the scene on, screen, on screen, and uh, we're just gonna cut here for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cue call reaction. Good lord! Alrighty, Light. it's actually also yes, the start indeed. of the movie. Yes, I think it's right I, at the start. It's I right think start. I have seen this once, but I do not remember it well. Alrighty, so. alrighty. It's gonna get a little Nickelodeon ad. I'm gonna have to cut out as well. I'm gonna mute this. I can't believe you're making me do this in the middle of the show. <laughs> this is the worst. Cole should see the fucking movie. <laughs> well, well, we'll save it as a separate. <laughs> and then Claude just comes oh, out of nowhere. Claude shows up. All right, and that's the end of the scene. Ah. Huh. Right. I, okay. We're back from our brief intermission to watch a scene that Cole hasn't. Uh, Cole, so seen Cole hasn't Rise seen Rise of Skywalker. Is probably we've yeah. mentioned a few. This times might be on the my favorite returning a bit. Of yeah. <laughs> Cole hasn't <laughs> seen episode nine. There's been a few moments in the past like few months where I'm like, oh, I should watch it now. Now nah, save it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep the gag. It's going. gonna be great when yes. we finally get to make you watch it. But so that scene, they're light speed skipping around. Yeah. Uh, and they're so, jumping from world to world to world. Now you can make an argument for the me. rule of cool here. It's cool, okay. So but... what he's doing is he's pulling the lever to go into light speed, not near any <laughs> designated tunnel. Yeah, jumping, pulling out, and just safely exiting. Oh, he should so be dead. He yeah. should be so dead. Everyone kind dead. of agrees that they yeah. should be dead. However, I posit that a sufficiently talented Jedi, who is also a sufficiently talented pilot, should be able to light speed skip. Okay, I could such as this... Ray after she's been trained in both. You've yes. made this argument before. Yes. And in the past, I've, I've been very hesitant to it. I, I would treat it as a moment very akin to Luke getting the shot into the Death Star reactor. Mm. Okay. So it should be like a, you do it once and it's incredibly lucky that you do it. Yeah, but it's also like, it's, it's, complete, it's the idea of like, it's feeling. It's nothing. Yeah. It's just completely like a trust like in the force. A trust in the force gotcha. thing. Because um, I can't imagine it being. It's like that Yoda moment where he just like kind of lets the Force take the wheel for a bit in yeah. the Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah let I, the Force guide me. I will. I guess. Yeah. Me, me driving home from set. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I, I think. Sandra drives responsibly. I swear to God. I swear to God. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my uh, initial thoughts on this. Uh, it seems. Very aloof, like yeah, like Poe says it, like it's something that everyone does. It's also the best like, dialogue skipping. ever. And Finn's like, "What are you doing?" And Finn's then Poe's like, "I'm light speed skipping," <laughs> as if yeah. Finn's never seen this happen before. Oh my god, yeah. And like that's the thing. I feel like even though I'm kind of against this on principle, yeah, I do think that if it was actually set up with stakes and for like a dramatic moment where like a force sensitive is like, "Oh, do I trust the force?" Sure, I can like forgive it then. But it just seems it seems like it's the issue of. Couldn't everyone do it? Bear with me, bear with me. So it's the scene, and it's Ray, who's now been trained as a pilot, going up against Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, who is born yeah. to be a pilot because of his genetics. Yes, yes. And then they are flying and they're trying to take each other out of dogfight. And then one of them jumps to light speed, and the other one follows. And they start light speed skipping around, and they're like, huh? You're just as powerful as I am. And it's like an anime. <laughs> no, I think that's moment. ridiculous. No, it's awesome. It's <laughs> no, so cool. It's so ridiculous. I barely even used 10% of my power. Exactly. You get that yeah. exact line from Kylo Ren. <laughs> I imagine it is ships in a scuff and there's no way looking out. Okay. They're yeah. like, oh, this is the end. This is like. This is cool too. This is cool too. This, like, we're, we have, like, no chance. And then Ray's like, we like, what if we just, like, went into hyperspace? And then, like, no, we would, we would die. This, and she just kind of, like, let's force take the wheel and yeah then she, let the force she take punches the wheel. it and, and then the idea of like holding hovering the hand over the lever yeah and like choosing the exact right moment to just pull yeah 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 and come into like a safe safe zone maybe you're like also right in front of something huge yeah like, and might, like almost... she immediately has to like you know back wheel out of that kind of thing and yeah uh, and then pull it safely that is also a very cool yes moment. i really like that thematically it works for her like learning to trust the thought the force yes that could be a really yeah. cool moment because i think it's force. yeah you can make an argument for that scene specifically and i think <laughs> yeah i will <laughs> your your fight your fight with like if they, there's two jedi in a ship and they're light speed 
speed skipping would mm. probably look a lot like it would look fantastic. Yeah. The visuals are incredible. Yeah, like if it's like a dog fight between yeah. two, you like, can make more a, sensitives. I think you can make a rule of cool argument for it. Um, and I continue. I will continue. And uh, and then Luke Skywalker comes in and he's like, no, <laughs> all three of them, yeah, the best Boba pilots Fett, in the Boba galaxy. Fett shows up and Han Solo and no, because yeah. they can they can out they can evade them because they're the only three master pilots with master yeah. force powers. Sorry, I mean, I'm, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. And wait, wait, <laughs> there's so the sorry. return. Holdo, she actually she has the skip. force the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's been like skip, skipping to keep her alive. She's like reverse Flash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, listeners, I'm so sorry. Okay, let's. Sandra, I interrupted your point. I don't know what you were saying there. You're I just it, it becomes like too outlandish. Yes, it's it, so outlandish. It gets to this yeah. this area where it's 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 weird because it's like it's not something we've seen before, but it still feels like fan service. But yeah, it's not yeah. like fan yeah. service we really want. Whereas Whereas like that nobody asks that scene with Ray like hovering her hand over like the the light speed kind of lever. That that's yeah, a lot that's cooler like, and a lot more grounded. Moment. It's a character moment yeah. as opposed mm. to a cool action scene that's yeah. visually appealing but maybe lacks substance. Yeah, because I think what the problem is is they always. It's kind of like Deus Ex, right? Where it's the fact that they get into these corners and all of a sudden, oh, here's this magical tool I have that I can suddenly pull. And it's like, because I remember the greatest lesson I learned from watching Breaking Bad, right, is Vince Gilligan always talks about how when you're writing a story, Mm. they always intentionally wrote themselves into corners and then they would pitch all these ideas on how the characters got out. And they made sure that it always fit the story and wasn't just, oh, all of a sudden, like, they fly now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in this case... That's really interesting. Yeah, so I think the problem with that scene is the fact, you know, they're getting chased by all these TIE fighters. It's this high-stakes fight. And, oh, wait, never mind. He has this magical ability that came out of nowhere with no setup and no stakes, no consequences, and he just does it. No no fear as well. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to do this thing that's probably going to kill me mm. without any remorse. I'm going to do I'm going to put my <laughs> friends remorse? in. Like, I'm going to oh, put my friends in mortal danger. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to kind of laugh while doing it almost. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. sweet skipping, baby. Woo. It's like the scene in episode seven where, like, Ray pulls out that circuitry from, yeah. <laughs> from the... I bypassed the compressor. Yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect timing. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh, man, we're off the fucking God. chain today. Oh, it's is... the exhaustion. So I forgot to mention at the start of the show that we were all up very late last night. Me and Cole were writing yeah, a lot on the on the treatments late. that we're putting together. I was yeah. up until three. You're up until probably past three. I won't get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, let's get back to it. Let's try and stay <laughs> Try and stay on the show. No, I'm having too much of a good time, honestly. <laughs> it's oh, too man. good. Stop it now. So light speed skipping, potentially some ways to use it, but uh, yeah, definitely not the way that was used at the start. Yeah, of I'm going to vote no, Rise except for that Ray moment. That's yeah. cool. Star killer base blowing up an entire star system. This is one I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, see, I feel like that's less of an issue with the science and more so just a problem with power creep and power scaling. Power creep, power scaling, yeah. and the idea of star killer base being a bigger, badder version. Yeah, how the hell did they build star. it? Yeah. Do we want to bring up this idea that we've been playing around with for a while? Yes. So one of our ideas for star killer base is that it is also exegol, and they're one and the same. Mm. And the original idea for the Death Star came from uh, maybe a schematics or something. Script, of, or maybe like like Sith, like scripture. Sith, Sith scripture legends. or something of like, oh, this, you know, the first mm. Sith world where they developed this technology of killing entire worlds. And um, they use yeah. like this big piece of lead kyber. And in, just... in the comics, it's revealed that in the, inside of Starkiller uh, Base yeah. so, is this massive red inside kyber. Inside of Exegol. Inside of Exegol, yeah. is, is, sorry, is where this massive red kyber crystal is kept. And that kind of gave us this idea of like, oh, what if that red crystal is inside of Starkiller Base, which is also Exegol. Mm. Which, and you kind of combine those concepts together. To but get also this giant the, killer planet. Take the rest of the stuff out of that comic, like the big kaiju fight between Palpatine and Darth Vader. <laughs> no, that stays. Okay, okay. That's yeah, in the sequels um, now. Do, 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 yeah. do. <laughs> I would like to bring up as a argument against that. Okay. I think, because um, you mentioned that these are potentially like the same schematics the Death Stars are inspired by. Yes. I think the problem with that is that the Death Star was a Geonosian. It was a Geonosian invention. Yeah. That's why I was saying like more based off like Sidious had, th- had this like... Mm. Heard this Sith legend. It was like a tale of yeah, this first yeah. planet, and then he was like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm going to give that idea to the Genosians. Yeah. Genosians develop the actual schematics for the because, Death Star. Because uh, Death Star still runs off Kyber Crystal. So yeah, it's still technically like it's the same principle, and yeah. like the principle of like what it was made out of is in this legend. Mm. And but... the like the inspiration, yeah. not necessarily the actual schematics, which yeah. is definitely built by Genosians. That yeah, well, that's canon. We're not changing that, but yeah, the yeah. idea and the inspiration of where it came from could come from this Sith legend of this killer planet. Okay, which uh, is maybe in the unknown regions and hasn't been found yeah. for thousands of years. Cool, cool. Yeah, that that answers that question. I have two other ones to bring up. Go for yep. it. Uh, so the first one as well is um. So what is Palpatine's motivation behind it? 
Okay, so I've got an interesting answer for this okay. one. Sandra, you got anything? Do you do you have an answer to that question? No, I'm I'm Chris. excited to yeah. I thought it was a cool idea and it was a cool way to set up Exegol and like set up a big final like space fight, star fight, for the end. Like we get a big huge star fight, end of the trilogy. That's mm. our threat. Is it kinda like a new hope? Is it kinda like Return of the Jedi? Sorta, but like it's honing back to like those themes and those moments that we love. Mm. And I think it would be it would feel rewarding in a last film. Yeah. I've got a pretty fucking wacko answer for you. Hit so it. strap okay. in. Um, I've had this oh, idea gosh. for a little while now. <clears throat> so the reason we g- I want to bring Starkiller Base and Exegol into this story is because Palpatine's idea, oh, Palpatine's goal is to use it to destroy a planet, which creates a huge negative amount of force energy from all the death mm. and allows him to return from, from death from okay, the cosmic okay. force and rips himself out of the cosmic force because yeah, it's that's such cool. an evil dark side move. Yeah, and yeah. that's why Exegol was built. And that's why he built the Death Star originally. He yes, was like, I'm going to use it for tyranny. And then he discovered, oh, mass the original plan for this Exegol planet was to return and have mastery over death. Okay, That's okay. the original thing. And then that yeah. retroactively changes the story of A New Hope and the original mm, trilogy. Yeah, like, yeah. This is why he built it, so he could become a mortal. Yeah, yeah. So that's Fine. the pitch. Yeah, I, um, I, I buy that. I buy that as a reason. Cole's, Cole's interested. Sandra <laughs> and audience, Ooh. that's a pretty fucking wild one. So uh, for, the, for yeah. the audio listeners, I'm I'm sitting here just like stroking his chin like Obi Wan Kenobi. Sitting, and I'm like, <laughs> I think there's some very cool ideas. Mm. I think there's I like what you've done, and I think there's some very rewarding possibility that can come out of this. And I want to yeah. say this right now: I don't want Palpatine to succeed. I don't want yes. him to fire As, the, the laser. I want that's his goal, but I yeah, want him to fail. The, yeah. As a very like um broad strokes idea of like that's his motivation. I yeah. Think. It definitely needs some touching up. Yeah. But I think yeah. it could explain, like, that's why he built the second one. Because everyone's I, like, why the fuck did he do the same thing twice? Yeah. That's why. That's well, like, he wants to control and have yeah, well, I'm have the galaxy fear him because of this mm. giant laser. Well, you sort of lose me as, well. like, this, like, this grand force of, like, dark side energy coming from thousands yeah. of people's death. Yeah. We, we know from A New Hope, like, Obi-Wan can feel it. Like, he can feel... Yeah. The, yeah, like, it's like a huge impact on the force. He, mm. he can feel, like, a shadow. But it's, like, it's not essentially going towards, like, dark side energy. Nah, but we it's, can make it do that. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> can, it's yeah. just like, oh, I can. Yeah. I felt like yeah, I get all you. these people die. I get you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is interesting. Um, I think my other concern to bring up well, is... Yeah, you said you had two questions. Yeah, my final one, I think, is more of the logistical side of that. Yeah. So I guess that has a few parts. So firstly, like, yeah, you mentioned that he's building all these Death Stars and stuff. Well, if he has Exegol, why would he do these ones? And secondly, how was he able to build Exegol? Because we see that the Death Stars take a lot of time, a lot of resources. Yes. So the answer to that question is that after Return of the Jedi or during, he mm. sent out expeditions to the unknown regions and they okay. found it because he had all this. Oh, re- okay, he, had, so he was searching. For he it. didn't at have peak, it yet. At the height of the Empire, he mm. had limitless resources, and one of the things he was trying to do was find Exegol. Yeah. And so he found it successfully, but then he died. Yes. I <laughs> or he see. didn't. Maybe he even like he didn't even hear back from the people who did find it mm. before he got to die. And, and maybe then, they don't even find it until like midway through the first. Exactly. Movie. And then twenty five years pass, you know, yeah. between Return of the Jedi and or twenty years pass between Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. Yeah. And in that time the first order has found mm. it and they're like, Oh shit, we've got Exegol now. I think yeah. it's a nice idea because like I, I still think Palpatine real like he is honing in on trying to be like master of death. Yeah. And like it's a pretty we, common like yeah. super evil bad guy thing. We can want. start the trilogy with like him basically almost having it. Yeah. And and his own come up once again is mm. like just his own arrogance, his own ego. Yes. Like he already has like all these clones of himself. Yes. And he has this like massive overconfidence. But there's nothing that's truly him. But that does bring up the question. I think I can't remember who brought it up on an episode. I, was, I think maybe it was you. Maybe. But like who is who becomes the one Palpatine yes. when a thousand Palpatines exist? I have an answer for this as well. Oh, so yeah. this is like we've talked about Palpatine clones a lot in, in terms of like science talk- and stuff. But we're talking about science fiction, so yeah, I feel yeah, like the it's sci-fi similar. kind of elements of this. Um yeah. so you can program clones with thoughts and ideas and like certain uh, leanings i guess he programs all of his clones with a desire to kill themselves (laughs) so they have this like overriding kind of desire to like i i yearn for death yeah but i feel like that because i feel like that's so in conflict with like palpatine that the clones themselves would be in this constant state of confusion and yes like because everything's motivated by he wants them to be that way because he he knows that if left unchecked they will want to become the true palpatine yeah so he needs to program them to die like mr meeseeks it feels (laughs) yeah i I see i'm not like super sold on that idea it's just one idea i had i i see where you're coming from it just it feels wrong from like also like a star wars movie true that's fair it's pretty fucked up yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
And we get this it's, great sequence with it. It's super <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and like, all like massive suicide. All yeah. the people o- over in the comments, yeah. if there are comments of like, mm. yeah, but it's already super fucked up anyway. Star Wars already has super fucked up shit. It's like, yeah, yeah but, but like also the kids. Sandra man. likes avoiding the the super fucked up shit if, yeah. if we can. Yeah, because I feel like. But I come back to you know like Anakin murdering children. Like yeah, that's about yeah, that, that's the level of dark we can hit. That's true, you know but I mean? it never fazed me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, cool. Especially the way it's handled. Like you want to handle like a bunch of clones. No, mass, I, I don't want it to be on screen. Of a I don't of... want there to be a mass genocide or mass yeah. suicide. Mass I, want suicide. It to, I, I want it to be more like, you know, when someone asks yeah. him, like, oh, why aren't you trying to take over? He'd be like, oh, so I, I can die. I yearn for the void. Yeah. <laughs> like well, some see, weird space shit. See, I, I feel like that is an answer that's very much a similar thing where it's like uh, the easy way out. That's I mean, fair. No, not, not a commentary. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll go cry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get, get out of here. Get out. No, no, no. But um, like I can see where you're coming from. I yeah. do think... That does arresting things, but I, I agree with Sandra's concerns there. I don't want to linger um, on this too long. This yeah. is, you know, a I lot did. of we've, we're very close to the end of the show, yes, so yes. I want to like jump through some um, of stuff. No, Go I think like, yeah, thanks yeah. for hitting with the with the pitch, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good. I I do think you should follow the idea of like what would happen with all these Palpatine clones like fighting. There's I think a lot that's of potential there, and I think yeah. we probably end up doing an episode yeah. on like another episode on Palpatine and what we're going to do with yes, this character yes. for sure. Now, leaving that just for a moment, uh, sort of very similar to that though. So Force clones, Dark Alchemy. <laughs> Sith mm. secrets <laughs> only the Sith would know I don't know what the line is from Rise of Skywalker are we talking about revival so yeah force clones I think we're all very much sold on cutting that like that is not something that can be done you can't clone people with the force oh yeah, yeah I don't think so and I that also you know decanonizes yeah. force unleashed which I'm pretty sure is very uh, much oh no it was, or it was already yes okay yes. so that's not you can't make force clones hard stop that's they just were, it they never had star they, they couldn't have star killer in canon exactly yeah that, that, man's, way, that man's insane so overpowered. Uh, Mello has chimed in with two things. He gave me two notes. It's a great, mm. it's a great video game. He said jumping out of light speed within the atmosphere and then into it within the hangar in Force Awakens. Both of these things happen in Force Awakens when he when Han light speeds through a Raftar at the start mm. of the film, and then at the end of the film he exits out of light speed into the atmosphere of Starkiller Base. Yeah, both of those things Mello hates and wants yes, to cut. I'm, I feel like we're all on the same yeah. page there. Yeah. I it I think it hits similar similar vein of light speed skipping or. I mean, you, there's an argument to be made if the ship's right outside the tunnel and you're just, like, in the hangar, you can just light speed okay. out. If you've already programmed, like, you've yeah. tracked the light But speed I think it would severely damage the ship that you're light speed, like, <laughs> yeah. light speeding out of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, se- severely damage the hangar. Oh, that's cool. No, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, See, I, I feel like, um, sorry to interrupt, but no, 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 no. I feel like a lot of these ideas, you know, it could be a lot more interesting to see them if we also see the consequences of people failing to do them. Because that ah, sets up stakes. And, yeah, no, like, let's say stakes, we see yeah. people try to light speed skip and then all of a sudden, bam. They just die. Yeah, yeah exactly. The ship explodes into pieces. Mello's other note that he uh, sent in was he <laughs> he thinks single biome planets are silly, which is fair, but it's also <laughs> Star Wars. So yeah, I, yeah. I like single biome planets. Yeah, I mean, Hoth is a single biome planet. Planet. Yeah, yes. and there's like believable ones like that, like desert planets and ice planet planets. They exist in yeah. like the real world, but like a single biome Takodana, for example, for, yeah. ex- for example, is not really yeah. just jungle. It's just I think it's like forest Takodana. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. It's not yeah, really and then like um the planet that they're on, I can't remember the name of it, but in R- the Resistance planet, mm. that's a jungle planet. Yeah, yeah. In Rise of Skywalker. I um I do agree with the notion that single biome planets are kind of stupid. I don't think it's something worth exploring too much in the films, though, and I think it also. Like, I mean, there's always the conversation of whether or not Star Wars is sci-fi or fantasy. I think it's fantasy. I, sci-fi, I sci-fi fantasy, fantasy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sci-fi fantasy. But um, I would like to see, or at least have it implied more, that a lot of these planets we see do have more to them. Because that, one, it expands world building and adds so much more depth. Mm. And it just makes it more interesting for the lore. more memorable. I'm just thinking, do yeah. we have a single not... Do we have, a, like, a not single biome planet in the original trilogy? Not single biome planet in the original um, trilogy. I don't think so. Fun little game. You got Tatooine, Hoth. Dagobah. Dagobah. Cloud City. Endor. Bespin is all, yeah. Yeah. Endor is, yeah, a forest moon yeah, of Endor, forest yeah. Moon. I think, yeah. I don't know. All think. single, bi- single yeah. biome. Yeah. Not single biome. I guess, like, Naboo's not single biome. Naboo isn't, and I think there was one other that isn't, like, Alderaan, I think, is not a single biome. But I, uh, I just mean in, like, the, in the prequels. In the, in the prequels. No, we don't see on Alderaan, so it's... Uh, we see Alderaan as bits. Hospital moon. So that's still a single biome. <laughs> I mean, it's a bunch of biomes across yeah. the space. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. I do think on one notion, though, we also only like ever... Like, Mustafar is single biome, yeah. but yes. it fucking rules. Yeah. yeah, and that, to be fair, I feel like 
molten planet makes a lot more sense. I personally like the single bio. Yeah, I think it's cool. And exactly. it, it works for the Star It's very unique to the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and also I feel like a lot of these planets as well, you only ever see a glimpse of them. So even though on the surface they may look like a single biome, there probably is Yeah, maybe there is. Yeah. Even diversity. like Coruscant's a single biome planet. Yeah. It's a city. Yeah. It's a mega city. It's a mega, megaopolis or something like that. There's a word for it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a theoretical like sci-fi concept yeah, where you yeah. can have a city-sized planet. And there's like a, so there's cool. like a little dictionary word for it. Yeah, there is. Um, so cool. And I think that was the all of the notes. And I've just gotten through it and we're just in the nick of time to wrap up the show fantastic any final notes on silly wacky goofy star wars physics um, um or science so, yeah science uh well i think the main things we didn't really get a chance to talk about was um how it doesn't really seem like technology has kind of progressed since the galactic civil war that's a, that is a good point because there's a very distinct difference between prequel tech and yes. original trilogy tech but not so much yeah into the sequel trilogy. and i totally get that it's post-war yeah. and i'll be very brief with my suggestions but uh, the first part of the complaint is, yeah, it, like all the tech is just a sleeker version of Galactics of War tech when that's kind of doesn't make sense to me, honestly. Yeah. And the other note, which we won't get much of a chance to talk about, is I thought it could be cool if we get to see experimental technology and stuff that hasn't had a chance to spread yet because it's a post-war galaxy and all the manufacturing got destroyed. In the hands of the New Republic and the First Order, we see different tech, okay. like experimental tech. Okay, oh, okay, so there might be like yeah. one thing that's experimental. Yeah, yeah, well they ha yeah they have different technology. But um, because it's not being mass produced, because there's not the resources of a massive galactic war, exactly. they're not massive. They're not mass producing these experimental yeah, yeah. prototype yeah. weapons. Exactly, and they cool. have different benefits. I like that problems. a lot. I've actually got something that fits that perfectly. Yeah. I uh, I introduced an EMP <laughs> into oh, Star yeah. Wars because I'm pretty sure I don't know if they've used EMP tech yeah. at all. They have. Yeah, a little they, bit. They oh, my like, mistake. Um, yeah, the clones had a lot. Is that in Clone Wars or is it in the yeah. movies? I don't watch Clone Wars, so oh, well, if it's in there, I haven't used that. I don't know if it's either. in movies, actually. No, it's a big thing in Clone Wars. Yeah. Because obviously, you're fighting Find droids. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I use it. We need to have an episode on droids. Oh, do we? Yeah. Droids. Oh, cool. Roger, Roger. And, and like, Roger. like, what do you mean? Like, the, the concept of droids and how they uh, fit into the world? Or? Well, I do think droids are kind of world-breaking, but oh, okay. um, that's, that's a discussion for that episode. Yeah. But I think just talking about droids, how they would fit in the sequels, mm. and then just the concept of them and cool, I, just, yeah, I think oh, that's, that's great cool. I, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Roger Roger episode yeah. I think that'll be good yes but droids are world breaking and destroy Star Wars so. that is a great yeah. teaser for Ooh. our episode yeah. on droids coming soon question mark who knows I don't yeah, who knows? I never know yeah. what we're going to do next but droids. I think that is going to round us out for today thank you so much Heck guys yeah. it's been an interesting right. chat we we lingered a lot on the whole maneuver but I think it was worth it because it's one of those things it's like part of us really want to include yes. that in the story but we also want to figure out how to do it believably and that it doesn't feel the way it did in the last year. and also like it's talking about hyperspace and there's two other things related to hyperspace. yeah there was a lot mm. like mixed in with that conversation yeah as well. and they fly now and they fly, and they fly now. now we all fly now yes, there were always jet troopers and as we say at the uh. end of the show they fly now. <laughs> that's, not, that's not it. They fly now? Thank you, <laughs> listeners, watchers, however you've enjoyed the show. Uh, this has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. We are here every Friday talking about Star Wars and working towards fixing the sequel trilogy the best that we can uh, with our limited writing abilities. They podcast now? They podcast. They podcast now. You, gotta, podcast you guys now. are just going to not stop. Okay. Nope. So... You can find us everywhere on Instagram, socials, TikTok, soon. We're going to have TikToks very soon. Give us five stars on Spotify, like and subscribe, all the good stuff. And until next time, may the force be with you.